0: So, yesterday I did two programs. One was here in the house with Shatta's family members, and in the evening it was Sunday feast in the temple. So, how many of you were there in either of those two programs? Okay, who are the newcomers? Okay, okay. thank you. So, how many of you are acquainted with the institution of ISKCON? Please raise your hand. And how many of you are not acquainted with the institution? And how many of you did not raise your hand? (laughs) (laughs) So how many of you would like to know what ISKCON is? Or what we are. Okay, okay. So as uh, Satya Maharani just mentioned, that this year 2016 is the 50th anniversary of ISKCON. So that means this institution Iscon, was officially instituted or registered in America in 1966. And it was founded by our spiritual master, his divine grace, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami. Srila Prabhupada, as she mentioned, Srila Prabhupada went to America with $7. No, Srila Prabhupada didn't go to America with $7. Srila Prabhupada went to America with 40 rupees. So that 40 rupees could have been equivalent to $7, but those 40 rupees didn't have any value in America whatsoever. Like
1: even in Australia,
0: I think even today Indian rupees do not have any. Does it have any value I mean, Do they recognize the bank? No. Not forty rupees. <laughs> so, so you can well really imagine uh, fifty years back in America, Indian currency didn't have any value at all. So literally Prabhupada went to America as a as a penniless person. He didn't have any money. Not only that, he didn't know anybody in America. The only connection that Srila Prabhupada had in America was the son of one of his acquaintances in India, in Mathura, who actually sponsored his visa. Like, Prabhupada requested his father, and father wrote to him, And he thought, okay, this person wants to come to America. So he decided to sponsor him, or agreed to sponsor him. But he didn't have any connection with him before. And then, just before, in the meantime, uh, prior to that also, Prabhupada didn't go to America by plane. He did not even go to America by a passenger ship, probably went to America in a cargo ship. Now, the question arises, like, why did he want to go to America? Mm-hmm. And that also, at the age of 70, you know, you know, as a proper, you know, penniless person, didn't know anybody, didn't have any he didn't even know where he was going to eat or whether he had anything to eat there at all. Why? Because when Srila Prabhupada was 26 years old in 1922 he met his spiritual master. And during their very first meeting his spiritual master told him that you educated young man, why don't you spread the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through English language in the outside world? So at the very first meeting, he got the instruction from in his and he took that instruction so, so seriously that although at that time he was a manager of a pharmaceutical company, very well placed in his life, at the age of 26 he was the manager of a pharmaceutical company, he was married, he had a son, but proper decided to quit his job The owner of that pharmaceutical company was a family friend, his father's friend. So he asked him, why do you want to become?" And he told him that he met a very wonderful person, a very wonderful, friendly person who instructed him to Spread the message of <coughs> the through the English language, in the outside world. So he said, "Fine, then why do you have to resign from your job?" And his response was that when I'm employed by you, then my time belongs to you. You are paying for my And I don't have any time to do what this sentry personality asked me to do. So, Dr. Dr. Karthik Bose, who was the proprietor of a pharmaceutical company, he told him that, look, you're not employed in that sense. You're like family member. You're a part of your family. This business is not something foreign to you or distant from you. I treat you, I see you as my own son. But Prabhupada did not suck onto that reasoning. and Prabhupada said no. I made up my mind to comment myself completely to that. Then he asked him, and how will you maintain your family? You have a family. How are you going to maintain your family? Then Prabhupada's response to that was, that I'll run my own business, and that way my time will be my time. So then, Karthik Bose actually told him, "Then okay, then you take the sole selling agency of my products in Northern India." So Robert accepted that offer. He moved to Allahabad with the agency of the products of Dr. Bose. And, but since then, Prabhupada had been uh, wanting to go to the West to fulfill the practice, to fulfill the order that he received from this saintly person who eventually became his spiritual master. So because of that instruction that he received from his spiritual master, Prabhupada Took it up as his life's mission. And then, it, when we read Prabhupada's life, then we see that he actually, in business, he was not very successful. Once a spiritual master asked him, when he meet, met him in Vrindavan, How is your business going? He said, it's not very good. So he said, Not surprising because you do not love money enough to be successful in business. To be successful in business, you have to love money, but you don't love money enough. So that was actually Prabhupada's difficulty in his business. He trusted people, people deceived him, took advantage of him. Anyway, so uh, and then eventually Prabhupada retired from his family life and he, he, he took Sadas. And although he was uh, not successful in going to the West, but he was always making an effort to spread the teachings of Sri Chaitanya. Okay, here again probably uh, a a point comes in, who is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who came as a devotee. Now again, this point again comes in, well there are so many incarnations we find now. Like there are so many Bhagavan and so many personalities who claim themselves to be God and and so forth. But then the point is, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu (coughs) did not claim that he was the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In this age of Kali, the Supreme Personality of Godhead comes, hiding His. He didn't come as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He didn't come as Bhagavan, but he came as a devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then the next point is that how do we recognize that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead? The identity of the incarnation of the Lord is mentioned in the scriptures. It is from the scriptures that we Recognize the incarnation of the Lord. For example, <clears throat> how many of you know that Kalki Avatar will come? The Lord will come as Kalki Avatar. You know when Kalki Avatar will come? How many of you know? Yes? Tell um, Very good. And when will that be? Okay, take a guess. Okay, 427,000 years from now. Right? Uh The end of Kali Yuga, the duration of Kali Yuga is 432,000 years. Out of that 432,000 years, 5,000 years already elapsed. So, how much is left now? Will you tell us? <coughs> okay, 432,000 minus 5. <laughs> 5,000. Okay, 427,000 years. Right? Am I correct? Thank you very much. <laughs> So so, just as we know that Kalki will come, how do we know? Because his appearance has been predicted in the scriptures. So similarly, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance has been predicted in the scriptures. Although he will come hiding his identity But in the scriptures, his identity has been revealed, like, for example, Sriman Bhagavatam. When was Sriman Bhagavatam compiled? When was Sriman Bhagavatam written? Do you know? Okay, 5,000 years ago, right? Do you know who wrote that Bhagavad mm-hmm. <coughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. We are learning so much from it. Vastir <laughs> <laughs> wrote Srimad Bhagavad So, Srimad Bhagavatam*, although it was written 5,000 years ago, see how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's identity has been it has been mentioned that Krishna Varnam Tishab Krishna Sangapangastra Barshanam Jagui Sankitana Prayai Jajantihi Sumita. It is saying like at that part of Subhagavatam is described in different incarnations in different ages. How many ages are there? Four ages are there: Satyuga, Treta Yuga, Yuga Dwapar Yuga, and Kali Yuga. And Satyuga incarnation has been described, Dwapar Yuga incarnation, Treta Yuga incarnation have been described. But when it came to Kali Yuga, <clears throat> at that time Kali Yuga five thousand years ago, Kali Yuga just began. So the thing is. The statement is, that in the age of Kali, the Lord will appear. He will appear. How? What is the complexion of the Lord? Bodily complexion of Krishna? Krishna Varna, is complexion is dark like monsoon cloud. (coughs) But Tisha of Krishna assuming a complexion which is non- so then again, uh, a consideration comes. Uh, in four different yugas, the Lord appears in four different colors. Sweta, Rakta, Tatha, Pita, idane Krishna, Tangata. When he was giving the name of Krishna, uh, he mentioned that this personality appears in three other ages in white, red, and more than golden complexion. Now he has appeared with his dark complexion. Idani, <laughs> idani means now Krishna Tangata. Now he has appeared in his dark complexion. So in Satya Yuga the white as incarnation has appeared. In Dva in Treta Yuga, the Lord's complexion was red, yogeshwar right? In kali in dwapar yuga he appeared in dark complexion. So which one is left? The molten golden complexion. Yani. So, so this personality Krishna will appear in the age of kali with a non Krishna, non darkish appearance. And Krishna varnam. He will be chanting the name of Krishna. And he will establish a very special kind of Jagya sacrifice which is called sankirtan Jagya. Generally Jagya is performed by lighting fire and offering oblations which is known as Agnishto or there are various other types of jaggir. ashamiri jagya, the Rajasuya But he will establish one special kind of jagya. What is that jagya Sankirtan jagya. Sankirtan means, kirtan means, chanting the glory of the Lord. And when that glory of the chant of the Lord is chanted collectively then that is called Samkirtan Sammak Kirtan Bohubir Jatkirtanam. When the singing of the glory of the Lord is performed by many people collecting together getting together So now you can see who actually performed who started the sankirtan 500 years ago Another uh, mention is there in Mahaparaya Subarna varna hemanga varangaschandanangati sannasak vichamasanta vishtha shantiparaya Subarna means golden, varna means complexion. As you have golden complexion, the Lord will appear and he will accept the renounced order of life the Lord, the supreme personality of Godhead, who is the supreme proprietor, he will assume the role of a total renunciate. sanna And he will teach the process of peaceful and controlling of the senses in order to become engaged in the loving day. So in this way we can see the various predictions about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance had been made in the scriptures. Now Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's role as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, started this Krishna consciousness movement 500 years ago which spread all over India. But although he spread this movement throughout India, he made a prediction. Mind you, this is another very interesting aspect. 500 years ago, he mentioned that this movement of Sankirtan, that is, Congregational chanting of the Holy Name of the Lord, was spread all over the world in every town How many of you understand Bengali here? Anyway, Bengali and Hindi is quite similar. So I will say, and probably you can get the the Hindi meaning of that also. Hare Krishna. (laughs) Hare Krishna. How are you? Thank you. I am so happy (laughs) to see you. Thank you. You had a nice flight? Yeah. Are okay. you not too tired? No, you're okay. <laughs> Was it direct from Nairobi? Through Doha. Through Doha. Qatar Airways. Oh, Qatar Airways. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a better way to fly. I also came from South Africa to Dubai and then yeah. okay. to Perth, yeah. Those flights are, are better, actually. Did you stop in Qatar? Yeah, we are uh, altogether together 20 hours from okay. the time period. Okay. Yeah. So you had some rest? Two hours. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, two hours rest only Just to stop, stop off. Stop only two hours? Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. Anyway, I'm so happy to see you. Like I was wondering whether I would be no, we especially many today earlier to come and see. Yeah, I'm, uh, Yeah, so thank. So I'm so thankful. I'm very happy that you are here. <laughs> well, Shraddha and San have been taking care of me so nicely, and also Girish. Where's Girish. Girish has been. He picked me up from the airport and he came, uh, Really taking care of us. <clears throat> so. Um, we're just in the middle of something, <laughs> and uh, let me see if I can cover. Like we are, we started off with uh, the concept that this year is ISKCON's 50th anniversary. So I started to speak on that, and in relation to that, I started to speak about Srila Prabhupada, who is the founder of this. And. Then he started to describe that how a Prabhupada went to America you know, as a penniless person without any resources, without any money. He didn't even know where he was going to stay. In that situation he went to America. And the consideration came like why did he do that? Why at the age of 70 why uh, he went to America in such a condition? And while describing that, it was just uh, coming to the point that Srila Prabhupada's spiritual master during the very first meeting instructed Prabhupada to, to, to take this method of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the Western world and spread it through English language. He got this instruction when he was 26 years old. And he had been trying to fulfill that mission since that time. But finally he got the opportunity to go to America, go out of India, at the age of 70. And then we are discussing, you know, who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Like why Prabhupada took up this instructions? Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is an incarnation of Krishna. In Dwapar Yuga, the Lord comes as Krishna and in Kali Yuga he appears in three ways. One incarnation of the Lord is in the age of Kali as Lord Buddha. Then another incarnation which will come at the age, at the end of Kali Yuga. As and then in between there is this appearance of the Lord which has been predicted or revealed in the scriptures as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he would establish this which is the means of spiritual advancement for the age of Kali four different yugas have four different processes for spiritual advancement. Mm-hmm. The four yugas are Satya Yuga, treta Yuga, Dwapar Yuga, and Kali Yuga. The process for Satya Yuga is meditation. Mm-hmm. Krite Jag Vishnu. In Kretya Yuga, in Satya Yuga, the process is meditation of the Lord. Krite Jag dhyana, Dhyayana, Vishnu. Treta yam makho. In Treta yuga, the process is performing jagya to the Supreme Personality of God. Jajate makho. Dwapare policharjayam. In Dwapar yuga, the process is to worship the Lord in the temple and Kalo par khari And in the age of Kali, the process is chanting the glory of the Lord, which is called Kirtan and especially when this Kirtan is performed collectively then it is called Sankirtan Jaggai Sankirtanak Prahyay So <coughs> then we came to the point that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu although he appeared 500 years ago Mahabharo made a prediction. And at that point, he walked in. I asked, how many of you know Bengali? And only two hands went up. His hand, you know Bengali also? I understand, little. Little, yeah. Where did you learn? Not just by hearing. Oh, okay, okay. Very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Very intelligent. <terrible. laughs> Okay, but Hindi and Bengali is quite similar actually. (laughs) How many of you understand Hindi? Okay, I'm sure. Gujarati in Hindi also. (laughs) is That prediction goes like (laughs) Prithivite Ache Jato (laughs) Naugurati Gram Sargatro Prachar Parivari Prithivite means in this world as many, uh, Nagaradi Gram, uh, Nagar means City. cities and Gram means villages. As many towns and villages are there, Prithivite, Ashi, Jato, Nagaradi, Gram, Sarvatra, Prachar Hoi Vemona, Sarvatra means everywhere. Prachar means spread. Will, my holy name will spread? So, as many towns and villages are there in this earth planet, everywhere this sankirtan movement will spread. Now, this is a prediction, mind you, that was made about five hundred years ago. Five hundred years ago people did not even know how many continents were there. Columbus didn't discover America. Australia was unheard of. (laughs) So, you know, like, probably, only two continents, probably people were aware of was Asia and Africa. Most probably Africa. But mind you, at that time, the prediction was made that in every town and village all over the world this sankirtan movement was spread. When people didn't even know how many continents were there the prediction was made that in every town and village it was spread. And anyway, so Srila Prabhupada received the instruction from his spiritual master that you spread the message of Sitchi because his spiritual master had the full conviction that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's words is not going to go in vain. Mahaprabhu's words are not going to go in vain. Lord's words never go in vain. Whatever he says happens. Aren't aware of that statement or saying God said let there be light and there was light. That is how it happens. He simply wishes and it happens. He simply glances towards the material nature and the material nature becomes manifest. Mm -hmm. So that is his (coughs) inconceivable potency. So his spiritual master had that understanding or conviction that this movement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is the Sankirtan movement, which is the Yuga Dharma for this age, is going to spread all over the world in every town and village. And Prabhupada received the instruction from him that go and do it. (coughs) And he took up that mission. But eventually, after arduous struggle for practically 44 years, he comes to me. He goes to me. And his attitude at that time was, my spiritual master asked me to do that. All my life I haven't succeeded. I, all my life I tried, but I didn't succeed. So at this very end of my life, let me try. Let me give it the last chance. And he, Srila Prabhupada, got to know Sumati Morarji. Sumati Morarji was the chairperson of India Steam Ship Company. And so he met Sumati <coughs> Morarji in uh, Kurukshetra in one location and then. In Bombay, Sumati Maharaji used to invite him to listen to Sriman Bhagavatam from him. And knowing that sumati Maharaji is a owner of a steamship company, so Prabhupada requested, why don't you let me? Why don't you give me a passage to America? So sumati Maharaj initially was absolutely reluctant to let him. Because she really loved him. She really appreciated him and respected him. So you saw that, like, what will you do in America? Like, who will listen to you there? America, people are so different. They don't have any spiritual inclination. And why will they listen to you? And Prabhupada reasoned with her that, look, my spiritual master <coughs> asked me to to go to the West and spread this message. And all my life I tried but I didn't succeed. So I'm just thinking of giving out the last try at the very end of my life. Because if I don't if I can't go now then it'll never happen. And Sumati Maharaj just was completely reluctant. She just said, Swamiji, I can't let you go. You're 70 years old, you don't know anybody, you do not know the weather, how severe the weather there is. And uh, you won't get anything to eat there. Because all you get is meat to eat there. What did you eat? Varsina Prabhupada just was adamant. And Sumati Maharaj was absolutely reluctant and Prabhupada was absolutely persuasive. So then Prabhupada finally managed to convince Sumati Maharaj. And Sumati Maharaj said, okay, you're going fine, go. But whenever you want to come back, there'll be a passage back for you. So this is how Srila Prabhupada went to America in 1965. And they And it's very interesting to note that how Srila Prabhupada actually uh, was an instrument who was playing in the hands of the Lord. That Prabhupada himself admitted that he was a puppet in the hands of the Lord and the Lord was actually... Like one thing probably you all are not aware of, that this Iskon movement started by Srila Prabhupada in 1966. I'll get into the little details afterwards, but these chronological facts I just want to remind you. He established this institution Iskon in 1966, and Prabhupada left this planet in 1960. 19- So he actually had only about 10 years' time to act. Now within this 10 years' time, he established 108 temples around the world. Like, I mean, those who are building temples, they know what it is. (laughs) How (laughs) long is taking mean (laughs) Now, for a person who went to America as a pauper, within ten years time, how did he manage to establish 108 temples all over the world in all the major cities of the world? How? So, this is the amazing achievement. Now let us consider how it actually happened. When you look at the history of America or even the world, then we see that after the Second World War, America reached the height of material prosperity. Mm -hmm. America after the Second World War was height of material prosperity, it was the greatest nation. And Shriprabh and Although America reached the height of material prosperity American youth became totally averse to materialistic culture they revolted against the materialistic culture and they wanted to establish mm-hmm. a counter culture mm-hmm. which was at that time known as the hippie culture and Prabhupada goes to America at a time when this Youth of America was searching for a counterculture or positive alternative yes. in America. Srila Prabhupada arrives there at that time. Was it just a chance happening? No. Srila Prabhupada goes to America, as I said, like he didn't have any money, he didn't know anybody. The only person he knew was the person who actually sponsored him. His visa who was just the son of one of his acquaintances and that person actually he admitted later on that his father wrote to him and asked him to sponsor the visa for Swami so he did that but he never expected that he would come to his house he never expected that there would be anything more expected out of just before boarding the ship Srila Prabhupada sent a letter to him that he is arriving in New York on such. <coughs> now this person did not have any opportunity to even write back to Prabhupada and Prabhupada also did not have any opportunity to receive any mail because he would be on the ship Now if this person Gopal Agarwal did not send a travel agent to pick up Prabhupada from the port and put him on a bus to Batala, Pennsylvania where he was staying, Prabhupada would have been completely stranded. So this is one thing we can see that how the divine arrangement of the Lord worked. Okay. Prabhupada went to Batala but he did not go to America to just be in a small place like Batala. He went there with a greater mission, the mission to spread Krishna consciousness, spread the message of the Vedas to the Western world. And so Srila Prabhupada leaves Butler after about two weeks stay there and then he goes to New York. He just to the Gita society he came across one person who was in America his name was Dr. Mishra. He was a medical doctor, but he gave up his medical profession and he became a yoga teacher. And he opened an ashram called Ananda Ashram. So, the stayed in Ananda Ashram for a short while. And then after that, uh, during that time, Srila Prabhupada got to know some young boys in a room. Young boys in a And one of these boys (coughs) arranged a place for him, Uh, a small little storefront. And he uh, arranged that for Sri Prabhupada and behind that one one bedroom apartment for Prabhupada to stay. So Prabhupada moved in there in Manhattan Mm in twenty-fifth Second Avenue and he started his uh, giving. Lessons in Bhagavad Gita, and he used to also sing on the Hare Krishna. And the youth of America at that time, those who actually left their homes and practically uh, living in the streets, they became attracted to Shiva Prabhupada. They used to come not to listen to the teachings of Bhagavad Gita, but mainly to make music with the Swami. And this is how it all started. And then gradually they started to understand the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, the teachings of Bhagavad Gita. And then they committed themselves. Now we can see the kind of change that came in their lives. Which was an indication of their sincere commitment. Like probably you all know that the counterculture that they were actually establishing in America at that time was simply based on sex and drugs. They thought that through sex, free sex, and drugs like LSD, they will reach emancipation. But Srila Prabhupada, when they came in contact with Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada demanded that in order to follow him, they have to follow four principles. Those four principles are no meat or fish or egg or any non-vegetarian food. Now just consider in America Prabhupada is establishing a to this branch group of youth. uh, And the second consideration, uh, no intoxication. What to speak of LSD or heroin or cocaine or even marijuana or hashish. No tea, no coffee. So this was Robert's test of the Sinshia and no relationship outside of marriage. Man and woman relationship must be formalized with the social approval of marriage. And no gambling, no speculation. And these youth of America responded. And not only that, Hmm. Prabhupada made them to dress in a certain way so that they would stand up. (laughs) Dhoti and Kurta, they had to give up uh, their uh, Western dress, formal dress. They had days to have long hair the hippies. Prabhupada made them shave up. (laughs) And they all accepted that. And this is how a kind of a revolution started in America in the mid-60s. So Prabhupada established the institution of ISKCON in New York and then also when he was registered in that institution Prabhupada gave the name of the institution as the International Society for Krishna. Now, mind you, a small little storefront, the size even smaller than this area, <laughs> he is uh, registering his institution in a place like that and he is calling it international. Okay, uh, they could accept that. But a lawyer had some problem with this Krishna consciousness. So he suggested Swamiji rather call it the International Society for God Consciousness. And Prabhupada's followers also, they also supported that. Yes, I think that will be better to call it God Consciousness because who will understand what is Krishna in the West? Prabhupada said, no. International Society for Krishna because I have come here to make everybody understand that Krishna is God people talk about God people speak about God people say that they follow God but they do not know who God is I have come here to give them the clear understanding who God is so anyway this is how Prabhupada established God Few young boys and girls who became attracted to his teaching got initiated in due course of life. One couple, husband and wife at that time, his name was Michael Grant and his wife's name was Jenny. So they uh, became initiated and got the name Mukunda Das. And Jenny became Janati Devadasi. So, Mukunda actually got this place for Prabhupada in Avenue, which was the first center. So, Prabhupada told Mukunda that now in New York, it has been established, so we have to take it to San Francisco. Because those days, San Francisco was the center of the youth culture. All the youth of America were actually moving to the center. So Mukunda goes to San Francisco and he joins up two of his friends who later became Samshundar and Gurudas and their wives Malati and Jamundar. Jam- 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 Jam. Six of them go to San Francisco, find Another small little storefront in the area where the youth were hanging out—a place called Eight Ashbury. Two roads, two streets: Eight Street and Ashbury. So near Golden Gate Park. So they set it up there, and. San Francisco, Golden Gate Park was the center of the youth culture at that time and there uh, Srila Prabhupada's presence created a big sensation and many young boys and girls joined him and then one after another um, center started to grow in America Los Angeles Detroit Ann Arbor Chicago, Montreal, Toronto. So one after another, these you know, centers started to grow. These young boys and girls, they went from one place to another, started to set up. Now these three couples, who actually first went to San Francisco to set it up, you know, Mukundar, Shamshundar, Gurudas, and their girlfriends. The wives, actually, proper told them, now you're initiated, you can't live like boyfriend. You have to get married. <laughs> so, they decided to go, to take this movement out of America. And they decided to go to England, London. They also didn't have money. And they also did not know anybody in London, but they ventured to go how did they go? There used to be cheap flights to Luxembourg from New So they took that flight because direct flight to London would have been more expensive. Then they thought that they would come to Luxembourg and then cross the channel and come to England. But when they came to Amsterdam they got to know that in order to enter into UK, they have to show certain amount of money for it. But they didn't have that kind of money with them. So they got all their money together, and one couple went to England. And then they sent the money back to Amsterdam. For the second couple <laughs> to go to England. And in this way, uh, three couples arrived in they also didn't know, didn't have any, they didn't have money, they didn't know anybody. Fortunately, some Indian family took pity upon them and allowed them to stay with them. Although they got a place to stay, but no one was interested in listening to what they had to say. Like, who is going to listen to an Indian philosophy or Indian spiritual message from a group of young Americans. I mean, even the family that they were living with, they also were not interested in listening to them. And when they were struggling in this way, then one day they saw a picture of the Beatles dressed in Indian clothes, kurta Now, those days, the Beatles were the most prominent personalities in the world. The Beatles at that time created a real sensation, and they thought. Thaw- and Beatles actually became interested in Indian music and yoga. They went to India to learn sitar from Ravi Shankar and yoga from Maharishi. So. <clears throat> And they were kind of indoctrinated with the Indian culture. And so they thought that if they could approach the Beatles, probably they would be receptive. But the Beatles were the most important people those days. So to approach them was not easy. They tried in various ways, but they couldn't make any headway. Then one day, Shamshinder just bumped into one of his acquaintances, Rox Kelly, who was the manager of a famous uh, rock group at that time called the Grateful Dead. So, Shankshundar asked Rock was why he he came to London, and Rock told him that he had come to meet the Beatles to sign some kind of contract or assignment. So, Shankshundar asked him whether he could introduce so Rokskali said, okay, on such and such a day you come to the Apple Studio. So Shamshangar goes to Apple Studio, but Rokskali is not there. So he thought Rokskali is inside, already gone in. So he tried to persuade the gatekeeper, but the gatekeeper wouldn't let him in because he didn't have any formal appointment. So when he was yeah, persuading the or reason gatekeeper. A white rolls oil just comes in. And comes out John Lennon's Japanese wife, Yoko Ono. And Yoko Ono, seeing Shamshunda dressed in Indian clothes, Dhoti and Kurta, says, you must be a friend of John. And Shamshundra says he has <laughs> <laughs> So he says, come on in. So was taken in, and Opska was not there, so he was just waiting in the reception. At that time, George Harrison just happens to pass by. And George Harrison sees Shamsundar and tells him, where do you guys mean on his watch? I have been, I, ever since I saw you in San Francisco chanting and dancing in the streets, I have been thinking of meeting you. Where do you been? So this is how uh, the connection is made. George Harrison invites uh, Shamsugar and the other uh, five of them to his house and uh, George Harrison becomes very At that time probably you remember like George Harrison even got an album called My Sweet Lord where he simply joined Krishna and he ends that album with this singing of Hare Krishna Mahometra. So anyway we can see like how in inconceivable way things happened that actually took this movement. Like some 60 years back, if somebody told that this movement is going to spread all over the world, who could actually accept that? Who could believe that? But today at least we are seeing that this movement has spread all over the world. I mentioned Prabhupada within 10 years' time established 108 temples. Today Iskon to has more than 600 the areas where there was no possibility of entering like the Eastern European countries, Russian communist blocs. Today in Russia and Ukraine and in all those East European countries, this movement has become almost vibrant. So anyway, like I just wanted to say that, you know, like we are, now we are 50 years old, For a spiritual movement, 50 years is nothing. Christianity took at least about 500 years before it got some credibility. Prior to that, the early Christians were persecuted like anything. They were living in catacombs. The Romans were throwing them in the mouth of the lion. It's only when Constantine took up that mission, to establishing Roman Catholicism, Christianity started to get some credibility and that's how it started to spread. Islam, it took over 1,000 years or at least 500 years. But this movement is only 50 years old and it has spread so effectively all over the Now, the other, Girish actually was telling me one thing, that the uniqueness of our movement is that we are attracting people from all denominations, Europeans, Americans, Jews, Christians, Muslims. You know? So it is not just a Hindu group. It's not seen as a Hindu group, but it's truly an international body inviting people from all different denominations, all different backgrounds. And and that is the sign of real religion. Real religion is not for any kind of, limited to any geographical or social boundary. It is meant for all. Because God is one and everyone is related. Everyone is his part and parcel. So everyone has the liberty to establish his relationship with him. And that is what we are trying to spread all over the world. And we are seeing that the intelligent class of people are responding. Like I was saying, the young Americans, those days whose life was simply based on sex and drugs. They not only gave up sex and drugs completely, but they accepted a life of such austerity. Why? Because they found something that money cannot buy or material comfort cannot provide. Mm -hmm. Rather it becomes totally insignificant. That reminds me of I'll just give you, like, how people get affected with this. Like, there's a boy uh, coming from, in America, from Los Angeles. He's coming from a very, very wealthy background. <coughs> his, uh, his mother was separated from his father. And uh, she, she left him. I used to know her quite well. And they have a huge mansion in Beverly Hills, like in Los Angeles. Beverly Hills Hills is the most exclusive area where all the movie stars. And nowadays, not only the movie stars, all the Arabs are there also. (laughs) So, you know, people with money. Anyway, so, uh, and this boy, I mean, One wing of the house was just his area. Now he became attracted to Krishna consciousness. And he moved into the temple. So one day his mother came to see and found that he was staying in one room with four other boys, with three other boys. Four of them were sharing one room. She was shocked. But at the same time, later on she felt, told me that she felt very proud also because of her son's commitment and conviction. So this is, of course, many wealthy parents do, did want to take the children away from us. There have been many such instances. But this lady particularly, she was very, very broad-minded allowed her son to do, and she was, she became very impressed when she asked her son, why Why did you accept this life? Like, we are living in such conditions, you know, sharing one, room." and his simple response was, Mom, here I am happy, there I am. Although he was living in a huge mansion in Beverly Hills, he was not happy. But what he has found here is something that is making him internally content, internally, internally satisfied. And that's the time she realized, that him where he wants to go. And anyway, I mean, so this is the thing, that attraction, like it's not, it's nothing new. Like, in early Christianity uh-huh. we can see that <coughs> many people, many children from very wealthy background, like St. Aquinas he was coming from a very wealthy family. family. And uh-huh. some group kidnapped him. Brainwashed <laughs> That's how they took it at that time. They tried to get him back. And he would go back. And his point was also something like that. Why are you forcing me to do something that I do not like to do? Why are you taking away from something that where my heart really is? So allow me to do what I want to do. And so this is what actually happened when one finds a real spiritual life. And this kind of sacrifice is nothing new. Lord Buddha, he was a prince. And not only a prince, like when Buddha was born, he was the only son of his father. And his astrological calculation, his horoscope read (coughs) that if he become if he remains a king, then he would become uh, the monarch of the entire uh, world. But there is chances that he may give up everything and take up the life of an ascetic. So his father made it a point that he would not let him understand, let him experience misery, suffering. Because he considered that by recognizing the suffering condition that one actually renounces materialistically. So he was never allowed to see any kind of suffering. He was not allowed to even go out of the precinct of the palace. Then in course of time he was married, he had a son, and everyone thought okay now it's safe. And he is properly situated. For the first time Buddha actually goes out of his palace. he sees an old man. So, he never seen an old man before. And with age, he became his favorite, his body became very cold, bending down, and staggering. So, he asked his chariot driver, Matani, what is that? He said, an old man? What is an old man? So he explained what but he said, will I also become old someday? He said, yes, yeah. it will happen to me also. Then he sees a person sick, suffering, and crying and What's that? Oh, he's suffering from the, the, the sick man. Will it happen to me also? Yes. Then he sees that someone is carrying, some people are carrying a dead body. What is that? It's a dead body. What is if that? At one point he'll leave his body and the body will come dead. Will it happen to me? Yes. So he said, Why don't we stop the chariot. He took off his crown, he took off his royal robes. He said, if you go back to the palace and tell them that I have gone out to find a way out of that miserable condition of old age. So how the change will come in the life of somebody is very difficult to predict. But when it happens we have to understand that that is the ultimate benefit that one can deny. So that is the history of our movement and that's what we stand for. And We have our temple here, Sitaram Prabhu is the president. So maybe you can invite everyone to come, those who are any comments. Yeah. So thank you all very much. And does anybody have any question? <coughs> yes? Oh, I see. I thought you had a question. <laughs> or you just shake your <coughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Let me just make a quick announcement. Sure. Um, uh, as so-